Welcome to the Itchy Podcast. I'm David Calfee, Editor of Infection Control and Hospital Epidemiology, a journal of the Society for Healthcare Epidemiology of America. It's February 2022. Today, I will be talking with two of the authors of a paper titled Leveraging Implementation Science to Advance Antibiotic Stewardship Practice and Research. This is a Shea White paper that was published in the February issue of Itchy. Let me introduce today's guests. First, we have Daniel Lavorsi. Dr. Lavorsi is an assistant professor of medicine at the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine in Iowa City and an infectious disease specialist at the Iowa City Veterans Affairs Healthcare System. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Thanks for having me, Dave. Also joining us today is Julie Simzak. Dr. Simzak is an assistant professor at the University of Pennsylvania's Perelman School of Medicine. She's a medical sociologist with expertise in the social and cultural determinants of decision-making in healthcare organizations, conducting research on a wide array of topics in healthcare epidemiology with a particular interest in antimicrobial stewardship. Julie, you were with us last month as well, so welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be back. Thanks to both of you for joining me today. Before we get into a discussion of the details of your paper, I just want to make sure that we and all of our listeners are on the same page when it comes to a few terms and concepts that we'll be talking about today. And I think that most of our listeners will be familiar with the concept of antibiotic stewardship, but just to make sure, can you give us a brief definition or description of what antimicrobial or antibiotic stewardship is? Antibiotic stewardship is a coordinated effort to improve the use of antibiotics uh, typically involves educating and persuading prescribers to use antibiotics in an evidence-based manner. Great. So we often hear things like it's the right drug at the right dose and the right route for the right uh, duration. So I think that's a, a good way to think of it as well. So that's great. So maybe we should move on then and talk about implementation science, which may be less familiar to many of us. And so can you give us a little bit of a definition or description of what implementation science is? One way to think about implementation science is it's the study of how to put evidence into practice. There could be quite a bit of overlap between implementation science and antibiotic stewardship. Just as stewardship is focused on putting evidence-based antibiotic prescribing practices into routine care, implementation science is looking at how to promote the uptake of evidence-based practices in general. I, I think it's helpful to think of it too as sort of the the science of the methods to promote people using evidence consistently. And the history of implementation science is really interesting because it's relatively young. It's a youthful field that has emerged as a result of the recognition that you've, many of the listeners have probably heard of that it takes a very long time for the evidence that we generate to actually reach patients at the bedside and implementation science has arisen to sort of address that gap. Um, and it's something that certainly is very relevant to stewardship. Thanks. And so why should we be thinking about implementation science as we work to advance antibiotic stewardship, either in research or in our day-to-day practice? Is, why is it so important, uh, specifically to the field of antimicrobial stewardship right now? Well, I could start because one of the main places where implementation science can add value is that it helps us see the people who are involved in prescribing and stewardship and the context that they're embedded in. And so many of us 
go about our work and we apply, we know the best knowledge, we know the microbiology, we know the infectious disease, you know, literature, but then actually getting people to do things differently in complex systems is very, very hard. I um, mean, it's hard to get change to stick. It's hard to get change to persist. And so I think implementation science offers a solution to help us think about that in a systematic and rigorous way. So essentially, we do think that there is a pretty big gap, perhaps, by what we know to be best practice and what's going on in day-to-day -day antibiotic prescribing throughout our facilities and in the outpatient setting. I would say that implementation is really the fundamental challenge of stewardship. On the one hand, we have a good body of evidence to tell us how we should be prescribing antibiotics. We shouldn't be prescribing antibiotics for asymptomatic bacteria, for example. We shouldn't be prescribing antibiotics for viral infections. But when you actually look at the practice of how antibiotics are prescribed, there is quite a difference between the evidence and the practice. So it, it really, um, when you think about stewardship, it really comes down to the challenge of implementation. You've definitely convinced me uh, that we need this paper. So, and I know there's a lot in this paper and I have to say, I read it several times and honestly, I continue to, to see and learn something new every time I read it. Can you talk maybe about, or, or summarize, and what's the big picture of what people should take away from this or, or expect to get by reading uh, this new paper? When we were thinking about this paper, we really had two audiences in mind. One audience was the people who are doing research on antibiotic stewardship and how to implement antibiotic stewardship strategies. And for that audience, this paper is really meant to be a primer on how to incorporate implementation science methods and principles into their research. The second audience is the people who are doing stewardship on the ground and on a daily basis. And for that audience, we're really hoping that this paper um, helps provide insight into the pre-implementation process and how stewards in their operational activities can, can think about pre-implementation. And then also um, that the paper highlights different strategies that can be used for implementation. And we thought that that could also be helpful for people who are doing daily stewardship. And I'd love to jump into and sort of see what I take away from this as a big picture, which is because it is it is a big paper. There's a lot going on. And actually, the process of writing it was really a fun process because it required our, our group of authors to really clarify a lot of terminology, a lot of concepts that can be very overwhelming when you first encounter uh, implementation science. I, I know personally, I felt that way when I was introduced to the discipline. And so I think if someone is feeling lost in the acronyms or in all of the different terms, to just take a step back and the, one of the key things you can take away is to think about your antibiotic stewardship problem or case or whatever it is that you're trying to, to make better as an implementation problem and to start to think about defining the, the sort of what's going on through the lens of implementation science. And we try to provide, we provide frameworks, we talk about strategies, which we'll probably define in a minute, but that you can start to look at your issue, your specific issue through the lens of these concepts. And it can help you see things in new ways, both as a researcher or as a practitioner. That's great. And I think a lot of the supplemental materials that you provided do give a great example of how to apply some of these terms and techniques to antimicrobial stewardship. But for those who haven't seen the supplemental materials, and maybe for those who are going to, it would be helpful to, to have you talk through what some of these key strategies and frameworks, what, what that's all about and what that means. 
So Dan, maybe we want to start, even before we talk about strategies and frameworks, we maybe want to talk a little bit about sort of what you might do before you implement something, the pre-implementation activities. Because I think the paper follows a nice flow from talking about you know, what do you do when you have an implementation problem and then how do you change it? Um, and it kind of goes in a nice ordering. There's certainly, you can go back and forth between the sections, but maybe we can start with really being able to identify that there is a gap between the what the best available evidence is and the practice in your setting. And so implementation science is really focused on getting evidence-based practice you know, into routine use. And so you really have to establish that the evidence isn't being used in your local area. Um, and so I think that's a really important first step is to show that there's a problem. And then you need to move into thinking about stakeholders. And I think that one of the really important things about implementation science is that it, it recognizes that the people who are sort of on the front line who need to use the evidence in their daily practice may have different beliefs than you, may have different concerns, and that implementation science says you need to find some of those people and you need to talk to them about what's going on in their local setting and why is there this gap between evidence and practice. And so I think that that's another important element to, to sort of do before you even sort of think about an implementation science framework, which maybe I'll pass it to Dan to talk about frameworks and strategies. There are uh, a lot of implementation frameworks, and it can actually be a, a bit overwhelming when you start looking into that. But to put it simply, the, the implementation framework is a way to organize your thinking about the implementation process. The frameworks really show how the different factors that influence implementation are interrelated. So it, there's different types of frameworks, um, and in the paper, we, we kind of go through the three major types, and really the type of framework you use is going to be influenced by the type of effort you're trying to implement, and really what stage you are at the implementation process. One thing that can be really helpful that we point the reader to in the paper is that there's an online database where you can enter some information about your project and what you're trying to do, and they'll and the the database will actually make some suggestions as to what frameworks you can use. I think that's one way to kind of narrow down the options because, as I mentioned already, it, it can be a bit overwhelming to choose one. That's great. So it sounds like even this process, even though it's a science and there are frameworks, that there's a lot. Of, there is some flexibility to it based on the problem that you're trying to solve, and that really people need to, to your point, Julie, understand what problem they're trying to solve, which I think many of us perhaps skip that step and we think we know what problem we're trying to solve and then what we do doesn't work. Yeah, that's an absolutely great point because I think one, and that's one of the things that I think is powerful about implementation science is it is adaptive. It is about sort of taking really understanding what is going on in your local context. I mean, context is key and that's a big term and a big word and we defined it in the paper, but it's really about figuring out what is going on for your, your case, what you're concerned about and really using strategies that are, are been described in the literature that can help you address the problems that are in your setting because what might be a problem at one institution might not be a problem at yours. And so I think being able to be sensitive to that can help you make more of an impact and also not waste time <laughs> because what works in one place might not work in your place. And so um, that's really key for sure. And one of the other things I, I 
thought was notable was we often think about the outcomes that we're going to measure as those clinical outcomes, that final endpoint that we want to achieve in terms of inappropriate prescribing. But you talk a lot about uh, measuring implementation outcomes as well and how that can be helpful with figuring out if your intervention doesn't work, perhaps understanding why it didn't work. And is there anything else that I missed or that you'd like to clarify about some of the other aspects of implementation science that might you know, seem obvious once you read them, but that people might not have thought about before? I'd like to add that one re revelation I had when we were writing this paper, and I, I think it was a, a really a revelation for the people in the group who do stewardship in general, was when we realized that when we're talking about implementation strategies, we're really talking about stewardship strategies and the things that antibiotic stewards refer to as stewardship strategies, things like prospective audit and feedback or prior authorization. Those are really implementation strategies. They're, they're, they're ways that we try to put evidence into practice. And by reframing stewardship strategies that way, I, I think it really shows how these two fields overlap so well. Yeah, and the implementation outcomes point that you, the question that you asked about really has to do with exactly as you said, sort of, you're not just measuring the impact on what people do, but sort of how they, what they think about what they do and the way in which they are thinking about the evidence, are thinking about the intervention that you're putting into practice. And so implementation outcomes provide you with more knowledge about what happened that then can help inform what you do moving forward. Um, and we, there's a lot of implementation outcomes. We have a whole table of them and how you might think of them in terms of stewardship. And I think another thing that I took away from this is though, even though maybe I wasn't thinking about implementation science or using that terminology or some of these specific techniques, perhaps I was doing bits and pieces of it in my work uh, and not recognizing it, but really the implementation science is a way to, it's a more structured way to do it probably more, much more effectively than I've been, uh, than I've done things in the past. And maybe that's another way for people to, who are new to this to think about it, is it's not an entirely new concept. It's just a, a structured way to more efficiently do some of the things that we've been trying to do and doing partially all along. Yeah, it, it's structured and it's systematic. And I think when you begin to look into some of the implementation science literature that we've cited in the paper, they provide a lot of specificity about many of what Dan was saying, these implementation strategies like audit and feedback, education, a variety of things that we already do, but maybe we want to get more information about how to do them better or do them in a way that might be more impactful or are better fit to the context or the barriers that we are facing. And I think that's another really valuable thing about implementation science is it, it goes into a bit of a black box about these activities that maybe we're already doing, but could be doing better and more efficiently and more effectively. And you know, this paper addresses both research uh, and people in day-to-day on-the-ground uh, implementation science or, or antimicrobial stewardship. Does this need to look different if you're doing it purely for research versus practice, or is it kind of all the same, or do you have to be more rigid about it if you're conducting research? Or perhaps to ask it the other way, do you, can you be a little less rigid if you're doing it for day-to-day -day practice? 
I think if you are trying to get a proposal funded and you are trying to publish in implementation science journals, you need to be very precise, very specific, and very rigorous. But I personally feel like even if you don't plan to apply for an implementation science grant, that you can get a lot out of this that can help you think differently again about what it is you might already be doing. That's my opinion. I, I would agree. I mean, from a purely practical standpoint, I, um, people who do stewardship day to day, I don't think they can be as rigorous as researchers necessarily, but I agree that there's still a lot of richness here that can, can be relevant to everybody. And this is certainly a topic that we all continue to struggle with. So I think the more help we can get from using some of these more thoughtful, structured, rigorous ways of thinking about things are certainly going to help us no matter what our, our end goals are, whether it's for the sake of research and publication or just day-to-day -day practice. And I think the other thing that's worth noting in the conversation is that while the paper is specifically focusing on antimicrobial stewardship, the, the methods and the implementation, all the things you talk about, you could remove the word antimicrobial stewardship and put in any other topic I think that's relevant to our listeners, whether it's HAI prevention or whatever it might be. But this is a very broadly applicable approach to solving any gap between best practice and what really goes on at the bedside. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. I think everything that you do in hospital epidemiology aligns with what implementation science is talking about. So certainly across the topics that your readers are interested in working in, this has, this has elements that would apply for sure. Right, so we should encourage everybody to, to be sure to, to check this out in more detail. Are there any other aspects of the paper that I didn't ask about already or that you haven't already commented on that you'd like to discuss in more detail today? I think that the tables are very helpful. I'm biased, obviously, as a co-author of the paper, but I, I think that the <laughs> tables can be very helpful to the reader. So tables two and three show what different implementation strategies are, and then they show how those overlap with stewardship strategies. And then table three shows different implementation outcomes and also shows how they've been measured in the stewardship literature. And I think this really gets back to the point you made earlier, Dave, that many people might already be measuring some of these same outcomes or using these same strategies, but they're just not using this terminology. And I think these tables do a nice job of showing, again, how, how, the, how the two disciplines overlap. In the supplemental material, we also show how three different types of frameworks can be applied to emergency department initiative to limit antibiotic use for viral respiratory tract infections. And our hope was that by showing how these different frameworks could be applied to a, to a type of stewardship effort that many readers would be familiar with, that this might help people kind of understand how these frameworks are supposed to work. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to that, that in terms of the implementation outcomes uh, that we have in, in table three, the other thing we point to are a lot of different, there are a lot of different measures that are out there that maybe you aren't familiar with, but that could be valuably used um, in your work so you don't have to recreate the wheel. That's the other thing is there's a lot of measures and, and uh, tools within the implementation science literature, and we tried to highlight a few of them that we thought had particular utility for people working in this space. Great. Well, thank you both for joining me today to talk about this tremendous new resource for those of us engaged in antibiotic stewardship research and practice. 
I think the discussion has been super helpful in terms of understanding implementation science and how it can be very helpful in optimizing our stewardship activities. But I think the idea of incorporating this into existing work might seem still pretty daunting to someone who's new to this. So maybe we can end this episode by asking each of you for one tip or piece of advice that you would give to someone who's new to implementation science, but who's interested in using this in their stewardship work. One piece of advice I would offer is that implementation science is a science, obviously. So if there's someone in your institution who works in this space, perhaps they're outside your discipline. But I think working with that type of person can be very informative. I know here where I work in Iowa City, we have a lot of anthropologists who aren't necessarily healthcare providers and they don't do stewardship on a day-to-day -day basis. But by bringing them into my team, we've really learned quite a bit from each other because they bring a, a different perspective. And they've worked on implementation in other elements of healthcare. So I think that there's, there's quite a bit we can learn from sort of that cross-disciplinary talk. Well, as a sociologist, I really appreciate that, Dan, um, because I absolutely love partnering with folks in infectious disease and healthcare epidemiology to think through implementation problems in a variety of spaces. But I do think, and implementation science experts may be lurking around in places you don't expect. So definitely try to, to cast a wide net. But if you don't have access to individuals with that expertise, I still think that one of the places where someone can start is really just what I said earlier about defining your problem as an implementation problem and thinking through some of the terminology that we have used in the paper and sort of asking yourself, how might this definition apply to what I'm doing here? And, you know, all of the section that we have about stakeholders and developing stakeholder relationships, just taking a step back and saying, hmm, I want to put into place this penicillin allergy delabeling program. Well, who are the people that I might need to bring to the table to help me you know, think through, right? And that's an example that we give in the paper where you might have a variety of stakeholders and just sort of thinking about stakeholders as an entity just can help you think of your problem in a new way. Well, thanks again for this great conversation and for your contributions to the field of antibiotic stewardship, including this paper, which again uh, was published in the February 2022 issue of Itchy, which is now available online. I also want to thank our producers, Lindsay McMurray and Barry Wilhelm. And finally, I want to thank you, our listeners. I hope you'll join us again for the next episode of the Itchy Podcast. 